When I did a talk at a marketing expo recently, I asked the audience who here is posting either content to their blog or posting on social media. Loads and loads of responses. Then I said, who is happy with the volume of leads that they're generating from that content? Very few responses. So in this episode, we're gonna talk about how to supercharge your content to generate leads. Whether that's blogs, whether that's videos, whether that's podcasts, social media posts, whatever you're putting out, if you're putting time into posting stuff into the world, creating it and posting it, you should be generating leads or sales from it. But all too often, we're just shouting into a black hole or that's what it feels like. And we're getting very little back. So I'm going to share three tips to do this. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing page. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen. I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja. We are a digital marketing agency. We help our clients generate more leads and sales through their websites. And that's exactly what this is about. This is about how to supercharge your content to generate leads. So we've seen loads of businesses over the years put huge amounts of resource into writing articles, filming videos, posting on social. And the business impact of a lot of this activity is as close as we can possibly measure to zero a lot of the time. Now, that doesn't mean it has to be this way. And actually, it shouldn't be this way. Your content should be hardworking and it should be driving leads. But unless you're doing your content marketing and unless you're producing your content marketing with this goal in mind, there's every chance that the output for your business will be very, very low. So we're going to talk through some examples and I'm going to run you through three tips that you can apply today to start generating more leads through your content. As always, there's a video version of this on the Exposure Ninja YouTube channel if you're that way inclined so that you can see the real life examples. Okay. So in the last week, I did a review of Best Self Co's digital marketing. Now, if you don't know Best Self Co, they're a kind of productivity um, tool company. So they have these journals. It starts with the Best Self Planner, which is like a, a kind of life planner, which allows you to set goals and build habits and that type of thing. And then they branched out into other products like uh, card decks, which allowed you to build up your relationships and planners for kids and stuff like this. Basically, it's a productivity business. It's a self-optimizing business, as you can tell from the name Best Self Co. So we analyzed their digital marketing and I was really impressed to find what looked like a fantastic content section on their website at first glance. Now, if you've been a listener to the Exposure Ninja podcast for a long time, you'll know that we're a big fan of things like knowledge bases and article sections on your website because these can be a fantastic source of organic traffic and a great way to build expertise, demonstrate you know what you're talking about and start to build a bit of a relationship with customers, particularly at the top or in the middle of the funnel. So on the Best Self Co website, there is this thing called the Best Self Hub. And it looks like they're posting uh, one post every week on average about things like how to deal with overwhelm, um, how to get more time, uh, how to use journaling, you know, stuff which really fits with their productivity self-improvement type angle. So I'm looking at this hub thing and thinking, great, this is going to be killer. Looks like they're doing a really good job. So 
as I'll often do, I just threw it into SC ranking, which is a, a kind of SEO analysis tool. You can get a free trial at bestninjatool.com. And I just wanted to see what sort of traffic they were getting to these posts. And I was really disappointed. I was really disappointed, not only because actually they're hardly getting much organic traffic to their website in total, but these blog posts they are really not driving the sort of traffic volumes that they could and should be doing. Now for context, Best Self Co is a company which reportedly grew to eight figures in their first two years. This is not a company that doesn't have resource. And yet this content section on their website is doing very, very little for them. You know, we're talking, SE Ranking is estimating a couple thousand visitors uh, organically from the US each month which for a company like this on these sorts of topics, it's not like people aren't searching for productivity information online, right? This is a sort of topic that people go really deep into rabbit holes and there's whole YouTube channels and podcasts and communities about productivity. So why was this content section generating such a small amount of traffic? So this might resonate for you. You might be thinking, well, I've put all this time and energy into writing these pieces or posting or whatever, and it's just not driving traffic what's going on. There's a second issue as well, which can be uh, explained. I'm going to talk you through an example in Google Analytics. So that's the first issue is that you're posting all this stuff and you're just not getting the traffic. The second issue is one that is highlighted by a, a, a website that, um, that I'm looking at on screen. I'm going to describe the analytics to you. So they've basically, I'm looking at their 21 top performing blog posts. And this is a business in a fairly small niche. This isn't in a massive productivity type thing where the search volumes are going to be in tens or hundreds of thousands a year. This is a much, much smaller business. So they're, they're targeting much smaller pool of traffic. And they've written all of these blog posts and they're getting good search volume. They're getting good, sorry, they're getting good traffic volume for the popularity of the topic. So in total, 5,300 visits this month for these topics. Now I know that's not huge, but for this business in this particular market, that is healthy. So they're getting a good volume of traffic considering how specialized they are. But out of those 5,300 sessions that they've had on the site, 13 conversions, right? And those conversions are a combination of job applicants and genuine inquiries. So what we've got here is we've got large volume of traffic, but very, very few inquiries. So Best Self Co had the problem where they're not generating enough traffic to their content. This business has the opposite where they've got a lot of traffic or relatively a lot of traffic for their space, but not a lot of conversions. Of course, the outcome for both is the same. Not much business impact from our content. Now, it doesn't have to be like this, by the way. The reason that we're a big fan of content hubs and content as an organic traffic strategy that can make big difference and generate a lot of leads is because we've seen it time and time again with our clients do exactly that. So for example, we work with Chas, the accreditation provider, and we've worked with them on the content on their website, and we've worked on making it a really big source of traffic for them. So if you plug Chas into SE ranking, and I'm not going to give you any of their, uh, you know, their actual data, I'm just going to give you the publicly available estimate data from SE ranking, because anything confidential is obviously confidential. But if you plug Chas into SE ranking, you get a very different story. So 19 of their top 22 pages, according to SC Ranking, are blogs. They're driving a huge volume of traffic through their blog, and it's been very successful for them. And by blog, by the way, I'm talking about traditional blogs, but I'm also talking about article, news, hub type content. 
So that can be very, very productive for them. Another example of very small legal practice, just to show you a business at the complete opposite end of the spectrum, very, very small legal practice. Um, eight of their top 10 posts are, uh, are blog posts driving uh, 37,000 visits through their top post compared to 6,500 through their homepage. So you can see there that the scale of the traffic opportunity when you're posting good quality stuff that gets ranking, you can drive far more traffic through the content sections on your site than you can through your homepage. Anyway, that's by the by. But the point is that they're driving a huge volume of leads through that as well. So they're driving around about half as many leads through the content section on their site as they are through all of the rest of their entire site. Okay, so that includes branded traffic, that includes traffic that's searching for exactly what they want, that's including all the paid traffic as well. So they've got all of their digital marketing, and that's providing, uh, in this particular timescale, about 420 leads. And then they've got the content section on their website, which has provided an additional more than 200. So you can see there the split that just having a content section on your site, which is high performing, if you're doing well with other digital marketing, where well, you can just add another 50% onto that with leads through a content section on your site that's performing well. So what is the difference and why can a tiny niche legal practice be generating more organic traffic to their site than Best Self Co, which is a, you know, a widely known, awesome product, direct to consumer and a very popular niche? Well, basically, there's only two things. There's only two levers to pull with any of this stuff. If you want to generate a ton of leads from your content, you've got the traffic lever. You need to be getting visibility on your organic content. Sorry, you need to be getting visibility on your content that's going to come from organic search. And then you need to be converting that traffic. We're going to look at both of these things. So I've got three tips for you. The first is about driving more organic traffic to your content. The second tip is about driving more organic traffic and converting it. And then the third tip is just about conversion. So with these two levers, we've got one that does the first one, one that does both, and then one that does the second one. I've got you covered on all angles here. Now, my first tip is going to sound so basic, but I promise you, if you look at the site content that you've got, which isn't ranking as well as it should, you're going to feel a little bit itchy after hearing this. If you want to rank, deserve to rank. If you want to rank a page of information on your website, make sure that page deserves to rank. Okay, so let me explain. Back to Chas. Now, Chas is an accreditation provider. Uh, if you're a contractor, then you can get their accreditation and it means that you can bid for government contracts and stuff like that. Fantastic business, very well known. We wanted to help them rank for common assessment standard, which is a highly competitive term, uh, potentially quite broad, lots of different businesses and organizations attempting to, um, you know, have visibility for this term, in including some massive, massive authority sites. So it's a very, very competitive term. When you type in common assessment standard on Google, Chas ranks number one, and it does it dominantly. Okay, we've got a featured snippet, uh, we've got logos used from the Chas website, we've got it, we've got this ranking. Now we've got this ranking because we worked with them on building this massive page. And remember what I said, if you want to rank top of Google, you've got to deserve to rank top of Google. So we looked at what were competitors doing in this space? What are competitors writing about? How much detail are competitors going into? Are they using video? Are they using images? And then we said, how can we take 
this to another level? How can we crush everyone on whatever metric, whatever way of analyzing competitor content we come up with? How can we crush them all? <laughs> now, if this sounds a bit aggressive, fine. But if you're going to compete, compete to win, right? So we decided to write an awesome, really in-depth page. It's got videos embedded. It's got CTAs embedded. It's got images, internal links. It's got subheadings with all the different topics that people might be interested in. It's got custom images. It's got uh, reviews embedded, testimonials embedded. It's got articles linking out to other topics within this kind of broad category of information about common assessment standard. It is the best. It deserves to rank top of Google. And any search results that don't have this page at the top for that term, they're going to feel a little bit deficient. Now, of course, that's not to say that one of their competitors won't have a look at this page and say, oh, do you know what? We want to rank for that term instead. We're going to try and outdo them. Well, that's okay, because if they do that, we will just take it to another level. This is the nature of digital marketing. You're always competing, not against a static enemy, but against a dynamic enemy. So if your competitor comes out with a better piece, well, you're just going to improve it further, or you're going to build out a whole knowledge base about that topic, or whatever it needs to be. But the point is, we are always, we are committed to providing the best information for that search term of anyone. And as long as we do that, we have a much better chance of ranking than if we're trying to get some crappy thin article ranked for something that is already well established. So what is deserving to rank? There's really three things we're talking about here. We're talking about length and detail of the piece. If you're going up against articles or pages which are a thousand words and you've got 300 words, well, that's going to be tough for you. If you're going up against pieces which are really in-depth, they're the ultimate guide, and you just write a couple of sentences or a few paragraphs on the topic from a very top-level overview, you're going to struggle. So length and detail is the first thing. The second thing is the structure. So this is about the subheadings you use. This is about if you want to add a table of contents at the start of your piece, whatever. This is structuring it to be useful, helping people find the information that they need. Because Google looks at things like, are people going back to the search results to find more information about this topic after they've been on your site? If they have, that's not a good thing. Google wants to see that people are getting the information that they need from your site. So we need to make sure people get the information that they need. And then the third thing is about making your stuff interesting. Now, if we think back to Best Self Co, who remember on the surface, when we land on the Content Hub section of their website, it seems like they're doing everything right. Well, this is where they fall down because they're writing about the right sort of topics. They could phrase the, the topics, they could phrase the headings, the titles a little better, definitely. But fundamentally, they're choosing the right topics. But where they're falling down is when they're writing these pieces, they might be a thousand words, but there's nothing interesting about them at all. They are just, it's like three headings with a whole bunch of text underneath and you look at it, it feels intimidating to go through. There are no images embedded. There's no video version. There are no links. There's no embedded tweets. There's not even a call to action at the end trying to push you to one of their products. So the trouble is, as a visitor, when you land on that page, you end up thinking, oh, this isn't, you know, maybe the information that I need is in here. Maybe it's really good, but it doesn't feel very consumable, right? It's like buying something in bulk. Why don't we buy everything in bulk? Because it's difficult to consume. So it's not about the fact that there is loads of information there. That's absolutely not the case. It just needs to be chunked down so that we can absorb it better. 
So make it long if it needs to be long, make it the right length for the topic, give it enough detail, structure it to be useful and make it interesting. That's the first tip. If you want to rank, deserve to rank. Okay, so second tip for turbocharging your content to generate leads from it is to meet the user where they are. And there's really two flavors of this. So um, if you've been to one of our live seminars, if you've seen me speak live, then you'll know that my favorite search term of all is by Viagra. I love searching for this term, not because of any personal reasons, but because it gives you a glimpse into some of the world's most competitive digital marketing. So, you know, PPC, Porn Pills Casino, any searches in that, you know, you want to see some great SEO, search for porn. This is such a competitive term, such a high volume term with so much monetization possibility. The same with Casino, you know, free bets online, try searching for that and do some analysis into what it takes to rank or to advertise for those sorts of terms. And you will see people at the top of their game. So Buy Viagra falls into this category. If you search for Buy Viagra, you get some fantastic marketing on display. You get a masterclass free of charge. So one of my favorite sites that ranks for this term and has done for as long as I've been monitoring it, which is since, I don't know, 2015, 2016, is Dr. Fox in the UK. So Dr. Fox is an online pharmacy. And I think the content on the page that was ranked was written probably 2012, I think. So it had a really good lifespan out of it. Now, if we think about the Buy Viagra searcher, we've really got two different types of searcher, haven't we? We've got people for whom buying Viagra is something that they do regularly. I'm fully aware that some people might feel a little bit awkward hearing me talking about buying Viagra for a long time. But trust me, the digital marketing lessons from this are massive. So there are two types of people. There are people who are just buying it because, you know, they've bought it before, they know what they want, they know what they're getting, they know how much it costs. And what they're looking for is they're looking for a reputable uh, shop to buy it from. So in that case, they just need credibility triggers. They need things like reviews, testimonials, case studies, anything that shows me that I'm going to get a legitimate product, I'm not going to be ripped off and my information is secure. Essentially, that's, you know, those are the barriers that we have to overcome. Then you've got another section of potential buyers, which is actually huge. And these are people who are not buying it. They haven't bought it before, but they are researching it. And they have so many questions. They have huge barriers to buying a product like this because there is the embarrassment factor, there's the health factor. You know, it's almost endless. It's a very difficult purchase to make through a website unless you do a good job of removing those blockages. And the Dr. Fox website does a fantastic job of it. I don't know how much content is on the page that's ranking. I haven't counted the words, but I would estimate that we're probably looking around, I don't know, 3000 words once all the expandable FAQ accordions are accounted for. So this site does fantastically well. Remember that this tip is about meeting the user where they are. So if you're bringing a user onto your site that is unsure or has questions, you need to do all of the work of persuading them of ironing out those questions, those objections, through the content on your site, exactly as Dr. Fox does in this example. So some of the headlines, buy Viagra online in the UK, that's the first heading that you see. So that's very broad, very kind of introductory text. Generic Viagra also available. So they're starting to educate. Then they've got a Johnson box about Viagra, um, how to take it, uh, how does it work? Uh, what else have we got? We've got information about dosage, we've got information about 
uh, warnings, recreational misuse, side effects. We got an expandable FAQ section, which basically has any possible question that you would ever have about Viagra. Then we've got supplementary information, which is linked articles all about other topics within Viagra. Um, and then we've got reviews and testimonials for the business as well. Basically, they've got it nailed. They've met their audience exactly where they are. And they've done everything that they possibly can to remove the blockages that they might have. So great example of a business that has gone heavy with their content and they're reaping the rewards. But meeting your audience where they are also has uh, an, another um, implementation, if you like. So I'm going to talk you through two blog posts on the Exposure Ninja website in just a second. But before we do, for people who are new to our world, welcome, firstly. But secondly, um, if you're new to our world, Exposure Ninja, we're a digital marketing agency and um, we work entirely with inbound leads. Okay, so we don't do any outbound at all because if your marketing agency can't generate leads, then seriously, what is going on? I've never understood that, by the way. When you get those spam emails from SEO companies, like if you're only good at SEO, why are you having to spam people to get leads? Like, <laughs> what is that? Anyway, so we work all with inbound leads and our inbound leads go through this thing called the marketing review where people request a free website and digital marketing review from us. It's killer. So they tell us a bit about their business. They tell us a bit about their goals and the current digital marketing that they're doing. And then one of our team will analyze what they're doing really well, what there's room for improvement with, what their competitors are doing. And then we'll record them a 15 minute video which shows them how to generate more leads and sales through their website. And it's really good. You can get it from ExposureNinja.com. So that's our kind of call to action. That's the, the first step in our sales process, if you like, because when people see the recommendations, quite often they want to become a client of us so that we can help them implement the stuff. So that's the thing that we offer on our website. Now I'm going to talk you through two blog posts on our site, which have a very, very different level of performance. And this thing about, remember, meet the customer where they are. So the first blog post is called how to extract URLs from archive.org. Okay, how to extract URLs from archive.org. So if you don't know about archive.org, basically there's this thing called the Wayback Machine, which allows you to see a website at different points in history. It's great fun. First time you find it, you're like, oh, let me see what Facebook looked like in 2006. It's really, really good fun. Um, anyway, so we wrote a blog post about how to extract the URL. So when you're clicking through someone's site, how you can find out what the URL of each page is. Now, over the last, I actually don't know what the time period is, but whatever time period I'm looking at in analytics on this screenshot, um, that post had 3,815 visits. Okay, um, so it's a decent post. It's got some good information and it tells you exactly how to do that thing. So if you want to do that thing, it ranks pretty well and it's, it's good information. There's another post on our site called why isn't my website making any sales? And this is all about how to troubleshoot if your website isn't making any sales. So that's had similar number of visits in this time period, uh, 3,353. So it's had 500 fewer visits than the archive.org one. But in that same time period, the archive.org blog post has generated three leads. The why isn't my website making any sales post has generated 181 leads. So the archive.org blog post converts at 0.08%. The why isn't my website making any sales post converts at 5.4%. So same traffic, completely different outcome. 60 times more leads for actually fewer visitors. So what's going on here? Well, remember two things. Remember, meet the audience where they are and remember what our call to action is, the free website and marketing review. 
So here's a pitch. You've just landed on a website because you've typed in, why isn't my website making any sales? You're reading this article, which explains all these different reasons that your website might not be making any sales. And then you see a call to action, which says, hey, we can help you find out why your website isn't making any sales. Just request a free website and marketing review, and we'll show you exactly why your website isn't making any sales or enough sales. Well, that is meeting the audience exactly where they are, isn't it? Compare that to this pitch. You are on archive.org looking at a site from previous years. You want to find out what the URL is, so you search for how to extract URLs from archive.org. You find a great article about it on the Exposure Ninja website. And then we give you a call to action which says, hey, if you want some help improving your digital marketing, request a free review. Well, that doesn't meet them where they are. That's an unrelated topic. And yes, someone who's looking for archive.org URL extraction might be a potential client of ours, but it's very, very unlikely, or it's very unlikely that they are in that moment, right? In that moment. And that's a key thing. In that moment, what are they looking for? They're looking for this other piece of information. So how do we turn this into a lesson? Well, if you think about your your buyer journey or your marketing funnel, if you like. So there's whole, there's, you know, there's loads of different models for a marketing funnel. You can have uh, awareness, interest, desire, action, ADA. You can use curiosity, research, intent, wh whatever you use. But every marketing funnel basically has the same shape, right? You've got this wide section at the top where people are very, we say top of funnel. So they're very uh, broad interest. They're slightly curious. They have a small amount of awareness, but they're really not ready to purchase. And then you have the next section, which is where they start to become a bit more interested. Then they start considering different options. Then they have some intent to purchase and then they make a purchase. So this kind of funnel shape is pushing people down towards the purchase. Now, if we think about meeting your customers where they are, and if we think about your content strategy, which of those positions in the funnel is most likely to get you a good quality conversion? Is it gonna be the people right at the top, the awareness stage, or is it gonna be the people right at the bottom who are considering purchasing or they're even looking for you, but they've got some questions? No brainer, right? Of course, content that you write, which is targeted towards the bottom of the funnel is gonna get you a higher conversion rate. So why isn't my website making any sales is a pain point. It addresses a pain that somebody has and our call to action is the solution to that pain. You can apply this to your business as well. So what are the pain points that your customers have just before they become a relevant customer? So let's say that you're a solicitor's firm, for example, and you do family law, which is basically divorce law. Well, one of your questions might be, how much time does a father get, you know, what is a, a father's access rights to a child after separation? Well, people don't search for that because they're bored. People search for that because they are in that situation. So if you have a blog post about that topic, you're going to get more leads than something like what is divorce? Because the people that search for that are so top of funnel, they're not even in the funnel, they're floating around in the atmosphere. So you can see that as people move further down the funnel, they become more likely to convert. So that's another thing that you can do if you're trying to convert more of your traffic is you can focus your content on more bottom of funnel stuff. Now that's not to say it's not relevant or it's not a good idea to target top of funnel content. It absolutely is and we're gonna talk about this in the next step. But if you've got content on your site which isn't performing, 
while test adding some more bottom of funnel focus stuff to get a higher conversion rate. Okay, our third tip, and this is to use appropriate lead bait. So I said I've got one tip for traffic, one tip for traffic and conversion, and then one tip for conversion. This is all about conversion. Now, I was having a laugh for, for this presentation that I did, and I decided to match some search terms with inappropriate calls to action, okay? So I'm gonna try and explain this over audio only. Um, I'm not sure how well it's gonna work. Right, here's a Google search for you. Why does my husband's breathing annoy me? <laughs> we all know someone who would have searched for this. I actually know two people. Neither of them is my wife, by the way. Well, I don't think, who knows. Um, why does my husband's breathing annoy me? So let's say that there is a blog post and the call to action for that blog post is free consultation, ready for the next step, talk to one of our expert divorce solicitors, schedule a free call. Right, would we say that that is an appropriate lead magnet or lead bait for the search term? Well, just because your husband's breathing annoys you doesn't mean that you're necessarily ready for divorce. So probably not. That's a step too far, right? Another one. Someone Googles, I'm cold. Well, let's show them a call to action that says, schedule a free consultation to ensure a smooth transition to Spain. You're gonna be moving to Spain, so schedule a free consultation call. Obviously, it's too soon, right? Third example, you Google, I'm locked out of my house. Up comes a blog post trying to sell you smart locks with an affiliate link through to buying the best smart lock of 2021. Is that relevant? Totally not, right? So here we've got three examples of content with three calls to action that are actually fantastic. In their context, they are all brilliant calls to action. We've got free consultations. Um, we've got an affiliate link to a, a, a well-rated and well-reviewed lock. This is great. These are all great calls to action. And all of these topics are also potential content magnets that we could use for different businesses, but they're all pitched at the wrong level. So let's think again about our buyer journey. What we're really talking about here is people searching for things at the awareness stage and being pitched something which is ready for someone who buys, okay? Let's say uh, you're selling cars, you're selling Range Rovers. You've got a blog article about the history of Range Rover and the call to action is schedule a test drive. Well, totally inappropriate. You're gonna get a really low conversion rate on that and you might think this post isn't working. Well, what you might want to do though is instead of focusing a, a buy call to action at aware, awareness level content, you might want to have an awareness call to action for the awareness content. So you might have something like, if you're a fan of Range Rovers, then download this information pack on the history of Range Rover or join our Range Rover fan club free or something, you know, something like that. So it's a low commitment call to action because the people are at a very low commitment stage of their buyer journey. Whereas someone who's searching for, you know, um, uh, black Santorini Black Range Rover Sport Dynamic Slough, <laughs> right? that's someone who, again, they're not searching that for fun. They're searching that because they know exactly what they want. So the appropriate call to action there wouldn't be, well, learn about the history of Range Rover with our Range Rover Members Club. It's gonna be book a test drive. So this stage is all about using an appropriate bait for the level of the buyer journey that your customer, your visitor is at. And this is such a common problem with people's content that isn't performing. This is why if you're getting loads of traffic to your content but it's not converting, 
This is usually why, because either that content isn't about topics that are a sufficient pain point for people to act, or it's because the call to action that you're pitching at them is just way wrong. They are just not ready for that. So if we break down the buyer journey into four stages, awareness, interest, consideration, and intent, let's think about what sort of calls to action will be most suitable for each. So the awareness stage, remember this is top of funnel, this is people that aren't really interested in buying, they're just scouting things out. Well, on the Exposure Ninja website, we'll often use something like a cheat sheet or a download for this stage, same with clients. A cheat sheet or a download is great for people, particularly if they're in the process of condensing lots of information and learning about a topic. Because often people don't want to necessarily spend 10 minutes on a page, but if we can get them to submit their email address in return for getting a cheat sheet or a download, which condenses that information into something which is more usable for them, great. They are happy with that trade-off and so are we, because we then have their contact details and we can build a relationship with them through email marketing. Let's say someone has moved into the interest stage of the uh, buyer journey. So they're, you know, they're aware, they're really starting to kind of do their research. Well, we may want them, to, we may want to get them on the mailing list. Obviously, we would never just say sign up for our mailing list, but we would position this in some other more compelling way. So sign up to get five tips on how to X or something along those lines. So we're not just pitching uh, basically a, a condensed version of the content, we're actually posting something which has a, uh, you know, it has a longer journey. Let's say that someone has moved beyond that stage and they're in the consideration phase. So they're actually starting to evaluate different options. Well, we might offer a free consultation here. A free consultation can be, it can actually have a lower conversion rate if it's used too far up the funnel because your audience simply isn't there yet. Think about the divorce lawyer. Why does my husband's breathing annoy me? We'll book a free consultation with our divorce solicitors and we can talk you through your options, right? Completely inappropriate. But the free consultation at the right stage of the journey is absolutely perfect. And then we move to intent. Now, depending on how strong the intent is, this can be get started, book a demo, something like that. Often we'll also use free consultation in the intent phase, um, but we'll make the consultation have some kind of tangible outcome rather than just you know making it a very broad chat. So those are how to adapt your CTAs to the content topic at each stage of the buyer journey. And that's a really, really important piece of driving leads from your content. Don't expect your top of funnel content to be bringing you red hot, super ready to go, highly engaged leads. Expect it to bring you a high volume of much less engaged leads, which you can then build a relationship with over time through email marketing, through retargeting, through sending them your stuff and allowing them to get to know you. Let's be honest, there are gonna be listeners to this podcast that just found us through digital marketing podcast search somewhere, ended up listening to a few episodes, with no intent to work with Exposure Ninja. And now they've been listening enough that they're like, yeah, Exposure Ninja is freaking awesome. We want to work with them. I know we get people like that because they say, hey, we've been listening to you for years. And I'm like, don't you have anything better to do? But it's fantastic. right? And this is how the kind of the ladder, the ascension works. So those are some tips to think about how to uh, improve the engagement of your content. So we did three things. We looked at want to rank, deserve to rank, meet the user where they are. So this is about addressing any concerns they have, but also targeting your content topics at the sort of stuff which actually is important to your user when they are in pain. And then the third tip is using appropriate lead bait. So matching your call to action with the intent of the post and where that user is at. So I hope you found these tips useful. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and do also leave us a review. We love reading them. And if you want some help with your digital marketing, that is exactly what we do here at Exposure Ninja. So you can request that famous free website and digital marketing review. Just go to ExposureNinja.com, click the button and you'll get a questionnaire which asks you a bit of information about your business, your digital marketing and your goals. One of our team will then analyze your website, your current situation, the channels that are working well for you that you can improve on, the channels that aren't working so well for you, which you might want to rethink, and we'll give you tips on exactly how to do that. We'll also have a look at what your competitors are doing well, which you can copy, and what they're doing poorly, which we can exploit. We'll then turn that into a 15-minute video, which we'll send over to you by email. There's no obligation to use our services, although you will feel heavily compelled not because of the reciprocity principle, but because the information is so good and the opportunity is so massive for your business when you start implementing this stuff. So hope you've enjoyed this and I'll see you next time.